while everyone else is focused on their own flaws, what other people are going to think, what's going to happen if they lose the ball, just obsess over what you're trying to do. And welcome back to another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Seven Singer. We got Mr. Matt Cermak here. Guys, thanks for hopping aboard the train. In case you're new, our mission on the part train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course. And we believe that if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We feature interviews from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, and many more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and give you the tools to enjoy the ride. Before we get to this episode, quick word from our friends at Roback. Um, Sorry, we were just talking off air. I think it's now confirmed. We do not wear anything other than Roback performance apparel on the golf course. And really for me, I wear a lot of it off the course too, but let's start on the course. Do you wear anything else now? Well, this is confirmed to have on Friday. I was playing with some, some buddies and some clients and uh, somebody says to me, are you sponsored by Roback? <laughs> and I said, uh, let me fill you in on, on the on Roback. Cause he, he, had, he doesn't have any Roback. You could say that, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, and I'm wearing, I mean, I'm wearing Roback around the house, but yeah, it's the only gear I'm wearing on the course right now for shirt, shirts, vests, and hats. Can't beat yeah. it, man. If you want some good stuff for the course, get yourself some polos and some Q-zips. And if you want off the course for around the house, working out, lounging, the performance t-shirts and the hoodies are unbeatable. Everything has four-way stretch. Everything stays crisp because of the, the, the collars stay crisp. It stays in good quality, however many times you wash it. And it's super stylish and fun. So yeah, as always, guys. There will be a link in these show notes. You click that link, you'll get 15% off your first rowback order. Um, that's one of the best deals. I think it is the best deal you can get right now. Uh, Hot deal. And also, the link to 15% off will always be on our social accounts at The Partrain. So give us a follow if you haven't already. We might even do some giveaways soon. Um, and the hats, the, the Partrain hats are going on sale soon. So oh, be on the lookout. Thanks to our friends at Roback. Um, get yourself the best gear in the world on and off the course. Okay, Matt, uh, I'm really excited about this episode because we haven't done a chipping away in a while. Yeah. And we've, you know, just so people out there know, like we don't, Matt and I just don't do this on the show. Like Matt will literally call me and he's like on a random Friday, he'll call me at like 11 a.m. my time. And say, hey, so I was, he doesn't even like say what's going on. He just goes right into it. He goes, so I'm playing and it's really windy, right? And he just starts going into it. And about 20 minutes into the conversation, I realized, shit, we should have been recording this, right? (laughs) And so we love these episodes because we're going to go really deep on a couple topics. I think we're probably going to talk about tough conditions, wind, and commitment right? We talk a lot about commitment, but what does that mean? How can you commit more in your swing, have better shots and more fun? Um, So I just want you to start off. Let's start with tough conditions because I know you have some good stories and experiences lately with playing in the wind, playing in tough conditions and struggling to commit. 
Well, it's interesting. I've, you know, I mean, I played a lot of golf in the wind over the years and had a recent round. There's a course called Harborside Golf Club in uh, oh, Chicago. Man. And you played there, F. It's, oh, man. 40 mile per hour wind. It's a good track. Right. There's, not a tr- <laughs> There's not a tree on the property. Um, it's like, uh, it's just really wide open. And uh, so it's always going to be a little windy out there when you're playing. But then when you catch a day when, you know, there's, you know, wind predicted in the forecast and it's, it's pretty insane. So, yeah, I think I had a, it, it's definitely been my most, I don't know how to say it, interesting round of the year because, you know, windy days, they'll ruin your life. Will they not? They will just, <laughs> they will just make you think if you don't have the right mindset, they'll make you want to take a break from the game, right? Because just there's so many, so many elements involved. But you know what I found, Ev, when, the, when I've played well, like on that day in the wind, is my acceptance level is up, mm. right? And you talk a lot about acceptance. But I think it's just like, yeah, hey, it's tough for everybody today. <laughs> you know, you're going to make good swings. And the ball is going to do things that, you know, you don't typically see a lot of today in some ways is out of your control. Um, and, and, you know, everyone's going to shoot higher scores. So for me, Ev, that's the attitude. Because all you want to do is grind, 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 grind. But uh, you, you have to be able to realize that, you know, you're not going to hit as many greens. May not his many fairways, you know, that's where it starts. What do you think? Well, the toughest thing is in the wind, number one, your body is less stable, like the swing itself, right? You might be, I played at Harborside and just to give people even more context about Harborside in Chicago, not only can it get up to 30 plus mile per hour winds, the, <laughs> you miss the fairway. It's high fescue grass, thick grass. So you want to talk about like struggling to commit. There might be, you know, you might happen to be aiming 40 yards right of the fairway, depending on, you know, if it's right to left wind. And you really don't want to miss the fairway because if you miss the fairway, you're probably losing a ball. So I think that's one of the toughest parts is like, you know, last week we had Dr. Joe Parent on, the author of Zen Golf. If you haven't listened to that episode, one of our favorites. But he talked about a lot of players get too guidey, right? And I think playing in the wind, you, it's really easy to play guidey the whole yeah, time. Totally. Well, here's the, here, here was very telling for me in that round. You know, the first, the second hole, it's part five, is straight downwind, like 40 miles per hour, right? And I, I just make this rip fearless swing, hit it 350, right? Probably downwind, you know. Get to the next hole, it's into the wind, and I make this tentative, you know, you know, armsy, you know, guidey swing, as you were just saying. Why is that? Why did everything just shift? The wind direction shift. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, so I can make that. I just made that fearless swing downwind. I'm struggling to make it into a wind, but I can, ma- I should be able to make that pivot for the next hole. Why is that, Ev? You know, and it's because you feel on top of the world with the wind in your back. But when it's into you, your mind starts going in all these different directions. 
So, but making, realizing that, it's like, wait a minute, just relax, go through your same routine when it's into the wind, pick your target, see your shot, make your fearless swing. And, but maybe that's one club more, right? Or maybe you're choking down a little bit. That's a huge thing that I think throws it, it throws players off of all abilities is dealing with those just stark differences of conditions on each hole. What do you think? Well, yeah, it makes me think of my experience at Bannon Dunes the first time where I'll never forget, you know, a lot of people do this. You have a golf trip and I'll get back to your story in a second, but I'll, I think it's relevant. Uh, you know, you going on a golf trip. It's a decent amount of money. You've been wanting to go there for a while. So you're practicing. Yep. You're practicing. You're, you're prepping. Because everyone wants to play good at a course they've been waiting. They travel to. Otherwise, it's easy to be out there in a mental state of like, I'm paying. I'm taking all this time away. I'm paying this money. And I'm just miserable. Right? And Bannon, if you haven't played there, I mean, most people know it can get really windy. It can get rainy. Like, conditions can be tough. Um. And I remember practicing just my regular swing, my regular shots, trying to hit, you know, solid ball striking shots. And looking back, I think I had the wrong approach. It's not about hitting perfect shots at all. It's about practicing and having the mindset of this is not the normal golf that I play, right? Yes. This is not yes. a calm day where it's 150 and you give me my nine iron or whatever you hit that yardage and you you take a full swing and you try and hit it pin high that's not it's not normal golf so for me looking back if i could have done anything differently i would have been practicing knockdowns i would have been practicing creativity i would have been practicing like have i ever put a hybrid back in my stance and tried to hit a low hook a couple times maybe if that was my only option but rarely like two or three times in the last few years have I hit that shot, right? Where if I could do it again, I would have been practicing that. I'd be practicing little low three woods. I would have been practicing low six irons. Like I would have been practicing when does my ball cut low? How am I more tendency to hook it low? Like when I try to hit it low, what happens and get that information and go play. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough to play and commit because golf is hard enough and i think it's it's easy for us to see the danger before where we want to go and you suddenly feel like with all of this stuff against you the conditions against you uh the wind against you you feel like you have to do more you have to muscle it more when ironically when they say when it's breezy swing easy Right. That's it. And that's a tough thing mentally to commit to is to swing easy when the wind's blowing in your face 30 miles an hour. Um, but it, yeah. to your point, Matt, it's like the acceptance, like it is, it's hard, but how can you have fun with the hard? How can you realize that this is not the normal round you play? So you're going to have a story either way. Do you want to be miserable or do you want to try and enjoy, you know, the journey of it? So, so yeah. Yeah. I think that's key. And I think so often people get in, struggle in the wind. Well, we all do, but struggle greater because like you said, Ev, it's, you know, players treat it 
as just, you know, it's just another, it's, it's another day I'm going to make the same swings. You know, when you cannot overpower the golf course, the steep, you know, the steeper and faster you get with your swing, the more higher it's going to go and the more spin you're going to put on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm a big promoter of generally taking always a little more club on with my iron shots, with my mid iron shots to begin with. But that's, that's what you got to do. Choke down a little bit, a little back in your stance. And it's like a three quarter back and a three quarter through, you know, but those are, those are like, have, you know, I think we've talked about these are that stuff you've got to practice every now and then for these days, right? When you're on the range, when you're, you know, at the practice facility, you've got to, you got to, cause there has to be some familiarity out there too often that people go out and play in windy conditions and they don't know what they're doing because they've never, it, it's always a freak out. You don't think it's going to happen until it happens. <laughs> right. But right. It, it's, but I, I, and that goes along too with putting. I had a, you know, I think putting is the hardest thing actually possible. Putting could be the hardest when it's crazy windy because you don't know if the ball's going to move. Mm. You know, you, re- you really got to hit it hard or you really got to just tap it when you're downhill. Pretty scary. But I'm a big believer in widening my stance when I putt in the wind. Getting that stronger base. I think you said to me, Ab, you're like, well, I don't want to make that adjustment the day. Like, how am I going to change my putting? You know, but you've got to practice that every now and then because widening the stance gets you a better base because you might lose your balance in the way. And that's a little adjustment you have to make. But um, I, you got to have some, you got to have some familiarity out there. You got to have some familiarity or you won't be able to commit. Right. Yeah. Or you're going to make swings you think were the right swings. But it was not the right. It was not the right choice. It was not the right shot. It was not the right shape. Right, and you know, it's, I think it's easy as a golfer. You know, we as golfers make probably too many adjustments already, right? And so it's easy to like get in your own head to be like, "No, I'm trying to like commit to something. I'm trying to make less adjustments." But I think when it comes to conditions, you've got to make adjustments. And so that range yes. before that round, instead of trying to like, you know, see what you got that day, like shot make, try things, right? right? Find something that you can roll with that day. Um, but Matt, I'd love for you to go into, you called me a few weeks ago, and I think you really found some interesting insights that you did well when you played in tough conditions. Um, yeah. And you talked about acceptance levels high, uh, talk about that because we're talking about the struggle right now, but I think you actually gained a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff too. Yeah, no, I think acceptance level is key, right? That keeps, that keeps you just even extra calm, you know, because you don't, you know, the course is playing differently that day and harder. So that keeps you calm out there. But I think everybody, you were saying like, I, I think that round I shot like 40, 35 and like, just turn, turned it up on the or 40, 34, actually, on, on the backside. And it was like, what changed? I mean, it was, it was getting windier throughout the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> but being creative, Ev, you know, you know, t- you know, taking that three wood off the tee, hitting it low, you know, you, you, I'll give you an example. You have like a 360, you know, par, par four downwind. It's like, oh, shoot, maybe I could drive the green. But you got bunkers and you got some fescue, just hitting the three wood. I can hit this three wood, you know, 
290 downwind doing things like, you know, because sometimes you think you have all these great opportunities on those downwind holes, but you get overly aggressive, right? And so guess that what? Was guess what? Downhill 360 with the wind, five iron could leave you 120 out. For sure. For sure. Right? And like, sure. so like last week we talked about on the show with, I hate to keep bringing up Joe Parrott, but like it was such a great episode and and it's relevant. And so I've been thinking about it and I I took some stuff into my round yesterday that we can talk about, but uh, I was repeating myself yesterday. Like how can I best make birdie without an unnecessary risk? Right. And that really helped me commit. You know, I wasn't thinking about ego. I wasn't thinking about what anybody else was hitting. I was thinking about me. Cause like at the end of the day, I kind of would rather prefer be the to be the guy that nobody really realized that I shot a really good score, but you were just steady. Nothing right. like too fancy. You might have a cool shot in there. Like I'm not saying I want to embrace being boring by any means. Like I want to have great shots, but also like more times than not, trying to hit great shots leads to bigger numbers versus That's just like. It what is the biggest spot in the fairway and what like i realized yesterday i love 140 140 is a great yardage for me yeah and like i i kind of i think a lot of people don't realize this but it's easy to get obsessed with like trying to get to to 100 yards but like have you actually done the due diligence to understand how accurate you are at 100 yards like right or or at least compared to 140 right 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 and so like my buddy basiri uh who listens to the show he was actually on it uh for sand valley travel episode and he's one of my good buddies i go on a Ryder cup trip with every year and he uh he messaged me on friday and we were kind of talking he was like yeah i just had an epiphany after listening to one of your episodes that like it was 110 flag in the front and I hit my like, you know, wedge or or gap wedge like 115. And I was trying to like think about choking down, hitting a three quarter shot. (laughs) And it was in the front, right? And if you miss short, you're in this gully. And he's like, Mm -hmm. why am I trying to hit it 110? Why am I trying to hit it to a foot when I can swing my normal 115? Mm. And guess what? He hit it to a foot because you don't hit it your full yardage every time. You know, if you hit it perfect, you're what? Five yards above the hole, which is great because like I'm finding more and more as we do this show. And as I sharpen my own mental game and my own game, I find that that is the single difference between low handicaps and mid to high handicaps is mid to high handicaps get a yardage play a shot right low handicaps get a yardage and think their way to the right shot and That's, a I, lot of people don't yeah. take that next step yeah. to think a little bit deeper than just what the yardage is or like okay it's a 400 yard hole driver well actually right. where's the flag where's the bunkers where's the trouble what have you been hitting well right. that day? What do you feel comfortable with that day? What do you want in? I mean, it's just well, so much I, more than just the yardage. 
Well, yeah, a couple things. Pick up on the yardage point. I think you're dead on. I mean, every time I'm, you know, we, you know, total yardage, like on Friday, we have caddies, which is great. I mean, you know, we're, we're playing out at Beverly Country Club, which is a great Donald Ross course in Chicago. Yeah, caddy shoots awesome. the yardage. Caddy shoots the yardage, you know. I'm like, this felt great. I'm like, thanks. What do we think it is to the front, right? Because if it's 160 to the pit, if it's 160 to the pin, but 140 to the front, and the, and the course is playing firm and fast, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to land at 145, hit something kind of, you know, kind of a, kind of mm -hmm. a medium trajectory and just kind of run it there, right? Or, you know, what's that yard? I need to know the yardage of the back because I need to know how far I can fly it or not fly it. That is so key, right? I mean, there was one hole, it was a, it was a par three, 195. I hit a four and landed it just a little too far and it rolled off the back and they, you know, and, but that you have to hone in on that because that understanding the front and the back then dictates your trajectory and your shape, mm. right? I'm never playing, never playing to the yardage of, of the actual flag. Yeah. You know, what do you I mean? If you have, you know, if, and if you have, you know, 80 yards in, right. Or 90 yards in, you got your 58 in your hand and there's really no trouble. Well, all right. What is it to the back edge? I'm going to throw this behind and, you know, and spin it, you know, or, or you know, so what do you, what, you were about to say something. Yeah. So when I listen to you, I'm always thinking of the 15 handicap. We say that a lot on this show, right? Yeah. And so that 15 handicap might be thinking, well, I can't flight. I can't dictate my spin. So for that player, I think yeah. the point is not necessarily those exact executions. The point is do more than just hit to the yardage that you shoot at the flag. So I would challenge people. I would, I, I've actually never tried this. Maybe we should do this for our Instagram or YouTube and for the podcast. Maybe we should do an entire podcast on this, Matt. But I'd be very curious uh, to get a T-sheet, not even look at where the flag yardage is, and play to the middle of every green all day and see what happens and see what I shoot. Now, part of that is tough, especially with the ego. Like if you have the perfect yardage, like, and it's a front flag or whatever, why would I hit 120 to the middle when it's like a solid 95 yard wedge right. in the front, right? Like part of me is that's hard to commit to. Um, but I think the point is, is that like yesterday, perfect example, Storm. I had the green was a little uphill. It was 120, I think 127 back flag, really tucked in the back. Mm -hmm. And I hit my pitching wedge 135 to 140. If I really, if I get it perfect, it's going 140. I was just on the track man this past week and I got to see oh. these yardages a little bit. Um, and yeah, when I hit the pitching wedge, really good, it's 140. And I was thinking, well, going long is not good. It kind of falls off. There's trees down there. Then I'm, you talk about it a lot, like impossible shot back up with no green to work with. But right. also my next available option was my gap wedge. It goes 120 up a little uphill. I, I mean, what am I going to leave it like on the front of the green, you know, when I got a back flag. And so I just decided to choke down on my pitching wedge and swing a little three quarter and I caught it really good again and it went long. So I think those are the times that it's, I think like, how can I get this on the middle of the green? And sometimes the yardages are in between. It's kind of tough 
to commit but, to something. But but, but for the fifteen to twenty handicapper, I'm a. I, I would say, you focus on that front yardage. But, you know, if you can get a front yard to the front of the green, because you're not putting as much spin on the golf ball. Right. Right. Your balls are rolling out more. You know. Um, so it's just a way to just kind of simplify things. And I do, I'm a huge proponent. I, I watched it. A guy I played with his 22 handicapper. He shot 90, one of his best rounds ever at Beverly on Friday. And, you know, he just, and he got, he missed a lot short and a lot pin high. And, you know, he chipped and putted really well, you know, and he doesn't put, you know, he was not spinning the golf ball or putting action on it or, you know, but he was just kind of keeping it in an area you know, that was never like, oh shit, you know, I'm long and I've got, you know, really impossible chips and pitches because this, this course, the greens have a lot of fall-offs and they're elevated, right? So when you're behind, you can't even see, you can barely see the pin and you're going straight up off tight lines. So I think it's important. Uh, but also I wanted to say, we were talking about the wind a little bit and I was talking about, you know, hitting through, you know, when you think you can really take advantage of a hole, like, right. So I mean, I hit three with the whole back nine and there was a couple of drivers I hit, but so I get to that 360 hole, right. It's like in your head, you think, Oh, I could maybe drive the green. I might have a putt for an Eagle. It's like, stop. Right. So I was having that awareness, but then the holes into the wind. Okay. So you have that three, 380 par four into the wind. That's playing 430. I was like, you know what? I'm going to smooth driver, tee it low. I might have a four iron into this hole. Great. You know, like just executing a plan. You can play smart everywhere, but it, it's just like, all right, this is a much tougher hole today. <laughs> I know it might be a driver for iron. And yeah. I was totally okay with that, right? As opposed to saying, well, it's, you know, it's dead into the wind. I, I've really just got to hit this drive as hard as I can, you know, get it down there so I can have that seven iron. How easy, <laughs> how easy is it, Matt, in tough conditions? to be complaining about the conditions the entire time, right? Like, can you yes. believe this? I got three wood in again, like, right. but then again, how often does that happen? Right? Correct. So I think the real, it's one of the hardest things to do in life, but I really do believe that if you can find a way to embrace and accept any reality that you're in as a learning moment, as a potential story, that you could tell down the line, like, how cool would that be if you walked into the clubhouse and you said, <laughs> I played 14 par fours slash par fives today, and I had a hybrid or wood into eight of them. Yeah. <laughs> When's the last well, time you would have done that? Right? right. And like, yeah, that's hard, but you could also like, Ricky Fowler's really good at this. He's comfortable in the wind because he played in Oklahoma State and he's from Murrieta, California, where it's really wind, windy. And he kind of he's one of the few people that embraces it. It's easier yeah. for him to do that because he's better at it. Like he's has a lot of experience in it, but he also doesn't take himself out of it mentally by complaining about the situation. What you just did is you said, "Yeah, I'm get, probably gonna have a really long shot into this hole on a par five, which or par four, which I'm not used to having." But today I'm having it. Right. Well, and, and, and so to, to end talking about this round, so I'm two under on the back nine in like, and I'm two over for the day, going to the 18th hole at Harborside. So it's 
like a 498 par five short, but it's tight. Water's left. There's some trouble, right? But I mean, it's like you walk up to a 495 par five. Typically, you're thinking like, whoa, this has got to be an opportunity for me. Now, I was into the wind. You know what I said? I said, I don't know. I don't know if I can easily birdie this hole today. So I just took a three wood off the tee and said, I'm going to play this as a three. It's a you know, three shot hole, <laughs> three wood, four iron, nine iron, you know, and I two putted for par. And, you know, so it's totally okay with it because it's the last hole. I'm having a good back nine. It's kind of a tough tee shot, but it's a short hole. My mind's thinking a little bit that you've got to, you've come back in this round. I was like, just make it easy. Just, just stress-free. <laughs> like don't, yeah. I get, yeah. don't be so obsessed when Dr. Joe Parent, we were talking with this idea that you have to have this score on this hole. I think I've scored, I have a higher scoring average on par fives over the years because I did exactly what you didn't do there where you think, Oh, because I'm a longer hitter, this is my chance. When really, again, all you're trying to do is give yourself the best chance at birdie without taking an unnecessary risk. And I think sometimes like yesterday in my round, I was in the trees on this uh, short par four. I hit three wood. I pulled it a little bit and I had a look and I put it just off the back fringe. Pin was in the back. Yep. I wasn't thinking make birdie there. I sunk the putt. So right. like and, and, but most that's of the it, time I mean, you make we, birdie, we, you're we, not trying to make birdie. Correct. We, and we, we have to, to always work on just stop thinking about what this whole means or what this score does. Right. That's what we play. Our, we play our best golf and we're like, all right, look at the hole. Got a plan. I got a vibe for this hole. You do your routine. And next thing you know, you get up there and you got a birdie putt, right? Like, you know, but too often I have, I have to do this. Yeah. And it's, it's, and then on those windy days, you really have to be aware of just of that, maybe even more so, right? Because the chance to hit the bad shots are much greater and sometimes out of your control. I think it's so important. So that was just a really, it was a great, it was a fun way to obviously, you know, nice to play well in the back nine there and, and a, on a really hard day, but, but those lessons should be taken every day when there's not an ounce of wind, right? And the greens are perfect and it's 80 degrees. Well, let's remember, sir, you still had a birdie putt on 18. You could have yeah, made it. I, yeah, for sure. I had a 25 footer for, I think a 25 footer for birdie, two putted par, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think what's so important, let's go back to commitment for a second, because uh, we talk about commitment, but I don't know if we've ever dug into like what that means, how to commit, how to stay committed. Mm -hmm. It sounds mm -hmm. easy, but it's really hard to do. <laughs> it's the hardest. <laughs> um, and I think it's people hear this all the time, like don't focus as much on results. Don't focus on what you're not trying to do. Focus on what you are trying to do. But when you are in a mental spiral of your own uh swing issues or flaws or bad shots and then you add in hazards and where you don't want to go it's really hard to go from that to fully committed not worried about the result so let's give people like a step in between of how to start testing this so for me what i found over the years i was thinking about this yesterday 
after my round. When I am in my most pressure situations, so 18 with a chance to shoot a low score or, you know, a member guest or whatever, I find that I hit my best shots because I key in on a swing feel or a swing key. Like I know the shot means a lot, but I quickly focus on what I'm trying to do. And so for you, on 18 with the wind and a tight fairway and a par five that you quote should birdie, right? Right. You might've focused on a key for you, whether that is for you staying in your posture, getting to your right hip, uh, tempo. Like for me yesterday, it was swinging my belt buckle at the target, which really helped me complete my swing and release it. And so on 18 yesterday, I had almost very similar. I had a par five, I, I hit a really good drive. Um, I was so focused on swinging my, uh, my belt buckle at the target, hit a perfect drive down the middle. Couldn't say that very often over the last year, right? So that was tough to commit to because yep. I had demons you know, with that club. But I'm just like, no, I don't have to think about that. All I have to do is swing my belt buckle at the target. And I focused so hard on that. I hit a great drive and then I had a hybrid in to try and get home in two. And I said, same thing. All I have to do here is swing my belt buckle at the target. Right. And when you simplify it to something like that, whatever your key is, I would, I would really, if I was the listener right now, I would work on the range and in the round and think about what do you do in your swing? Some feel that really produces the best result for you and get obsessed with replicating that feel. And then you don't have to worry about the trouble or where your round is. Because if you just continually try and make that feel, it's like, I think Dr. Joe said, like, all you have to do in putting is hit the ball where your putter is aimed. Right. And it's like, oh, I don't have to try and make it. Your job is to try and get it to where you're aimed. Right. Right. And it's like you can simplify things for yourself a lot more. And in the end, you end up hitting great shots under pressure in tough windows because while everyone else is focused on their own flaws, what other people are going to think, what's going to happen if they lose the ball, what's going to happen if they hit a high score when they can shoot a really good score, just obsess over what you're trying to do. Yeah, totally. No. we talk about vocalization a lot. I think it's, it's so important, right? But consistent vocalization. Um, to me, you know, in, in, when you hit those great shots on the, off the tee or into the fairway, what happened there? Really, after your round or in the moment, think about what did that feel like? What was my breathing like? You know, what was my checklist like? Because, you know, I played on Friday at, at, at Beverly Hills, and it's a, it's a tough course. A lot of the trouble's right. And that's tricky for me because I have a tendency to miss it right off the tee. And there's a few blind shots. So there are some holes where the trouble wasn't right. And I just rip a drive. Right. And then I get to, I think it was the ninth hole. It's dog leg left, out of bounds right. Trees hang over the throw. And I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I rushed and I just hit a pull hook. Why is that? Because I couldn't commit because I didn't have an image of the shot in, in my head. 
on those shots where you swing free off the tee, I see it. I see, I see it happening before, you know, it actually happens. And I think that's so big. And I noticed you'll find this interesting. My big vocalization thoughts right now, this is kind of my physical thing is, you know, I want to stand tall to dress. I want to make a big turn going back. And then I want to feel like I'm kind of sitting down through the shot. So I'm saying to myself before every shot, tall, turn, sit. Okay. That's kind of my vibe all day. But I started a couple bad drives on Friday and I noticed that my vocalization was like speeding up or I was like, didn't even want to say it. <laughs> and I had to back off, like, just take a goddamn deep breath. <laughs> Tall, turn, sit. And like a little smile because it was starting to overcome me because I'm thinking about, you know, I've hit a couple drives left, not feeling solid. And that's where those spirals come from, right? So that was a that was a huge thing, and I ended up, you know, like you know, playing a little bit better on the back because I just was like, didn't let it overcome me. But it was getting close, half. It was getting really close. Um, my vocalization before each shot, like I was like, oh, I was like, so. Um, but yeah, so commitment to me, you have to you have to see it first. And if you don't like what you see, like that blind shot or that the out of bounds, right? You, you got it. You might have to take an, you know, an extra moment or two, an extra deep breath, and really focus. Let's focus harder on what you're, what you want to see. Right, and it's, you know, I think that's super interesting and, and great because, you know, a lot of high handicappers hear visualization, and it's like, what am I going to visualize my shot when I have no confidence that I'm going to hit what I'm trying to hit? Right, it's like a tough jump, but I would. I, I doubt that they've ever actually tried it for more than like one hole. So like your example is perfect. You had a plan. You started to see some shots that didn't align with your plan. And you started getting down on yourself, right? But yeah. I think the best mental players see that as information. So if you were fully committed and you still hit it left, you probably will say, okay, well, I, I pretty much committed. There, maybe I misjudged the wind. That's okay. Yep. Maybe I wasn't aligned properly. That's okay. Maybe I took the wrong club. Maybe I took team. the wrong club. Or maybe I got a little quick. You know, I committed, but I got a little quick. Tendencies to miss it left when you get quick, you know, in the transition. Okay. Now I'm, you know, I'm going to remember from my next shot, slow it down, little tempo, right? Right. Um, so that's giving you information of kind of like where you're at but you don't have to change your plan. I think the mistake people make is they start adding fixes upon fixes upon fixes. And suddenly on the eighth hole with about, you know, three or four left misses, you've now totally abandoned your plan. Of Correct. Tall. Tall turn, turn and sit. sit. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that's really important is, and you're doing a really good job of resetting. Right. That's just basic mindfulness, non judgmental awareness where you are resetting. The one thing I would encourage you, though, is you are almost resetting with like almost putting yourself down for having to reset. Like, goddamn, just focus on this. Right. Which I think a lot of us do this, myself included, and we can give ourselves a little grace of like, oh, okay, you know, 
I'm going to stick to my yeah. plan. I got a little quick. Maybe I misjudged that, or maybe I made a, you know, but you don't forget how to swing, you right. know, swing to swing. Well, so think, yeah. it's a learning moment. What I thought was really interesting from my run yesterday that I hadn't done for a while, that I was really proud of myself that I got back to because I've been in golf swing for a while, right? I'm really good at mental approach, pre-shot, post-shot, but yep. over the ball, I wasn't doing a good enough job with my mental approach on how to commit to the swing because I've been trying too many technical things. Um, and yesterday I had a really good approach mentally and I had a couple loose shots and I compounded mistakes, right? I got out of my routine of what am I trying to do here and committing. And I got a little quick with my routine and I was playing without focus. And then I made right. a double or a triple or something. And it's really easy to feel like you've ruined your round or there I go again, or I did it again. I can't believe I did that and carry that in the next few holes. When yesterday right. I did a really good job of like, yeah, I lost focus for a hole. Look what yeah. happened. Look what happened when I lost focus for a hole. Yeah. Right. It's Let's huge. get back to my focus. And then I ended up making a birdie or two in. And right. I was you like, can... oh yeah, I can make a birdie after a triple. And not right. that I even need it to like try and erase it. It's just more of like, oh yeah, that's over. Look what happened when I didn't focus. Well, Let's get back to it. I think that's, that's great perspective, right? Recognizing it and moving on, right? And yeah. learning from it. I mean, you talk about it. Yeah, for higher handicappers, visualization can be tough, but this is how I would say it, Ash. A 20 handicapper knows what his good drive looks like. You know, maybe it's a 10 yard cut, 250, right? Done it. Done it a lot. Mm -hmm. That's the visualization off the tee, right? You know, and for me in that round, I had found a couple drives and then hit some couple terrible drives. So I got to back nine. I was like, what did that feel like on six? You know, when I hit a high drop and like you can get it's there. And to your point, Ev, it's like, we have it in us. We're doing it in the round. A couple times it shows up in a really poor way, but it's, it, it's in your, it's, it's in your, pro, it's, it's the failure of your process and your checklist and your confidence. So yeah. I would say to some of the, you know, guys listening right now that are higher handicappers, you, you know what it feels like and you know what it looks like when you make that good swing off the tee. So when you're on a hole that looks challenging, visualize that swing. Visualize that feel. You've probably already done it that round. Yeah. The so other, that's a kind of way of simplifying it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, to your point, it's not hard to visualize. Literally just like you've seen the shot. Yeah. To your point, you've seen the shot. Just see it. Think yeah. about where you want to start it. Think about where you want it to land. Think about the feeling. This is actually cool. Think about the feeling you have after you hit that shot. Bring that feeling before you hit it. Like, yeah. honestly, your, your comment, it sounds silly, I know, but your comment yeah. about like a little smile before you swing, crazy yeah. what that yeah, can it do. It, yeah. I've done it. It's crazy what that can do. It's like a little like, right. like little cocky if was, look. If somebody was, yeah, if somebody was, your group, guy in the group was watching, be like, what is this guy doing? Like, he's a, it's like a cocky smirk. Yeah. But that's it, Ev, because... I needed that so bad on Friday because I, somebody's, you know, I'm just, I get so mad when I hit it left and I start questioning everything. It's like that smile, 
really helped me get back in my routine. Yeah. But remember, <laughs> Matt, remember like you're, I forget what, I think Brett McCabe, sports psychologist in the PJ tour, I forget what he called it. It's the shot that you hate the most, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Mine is probably the big block, but suddenly I've had a hook too. So it's like, you know, yeah. I think missing the driver um, with like a, a big block was probably mine, but like recognizing that and being like, yeah, that's the shot I hate the most. <laughs> that, that was it. But like, yeah. Humor is also a really great tool. Uh, and like not necessarily falling into the same pattern. You know the pattern. The pattern yeah. is you hit the shot you hate the most, you get pissed at yourself, and you carry that maybe for the next five shots. And then you're trying the entire round not to hit that. I would love to talk to you really quick. I, I think we're almost already done with this episode. It's crazy how these, these go fast. Yeah, these go really <laughs> fast. Um, one thing I'd love to talk to you about, Matt, before we end is um, the fear of going back to commitment for a second. I, I found this, uh, I realized this yesterday on like the fifth hole. I was like, it takes me a while to finally rip at it when I play around. Um, I feel like you start, you, you're known to start tentative. You start tentative because, you know, you might be, and actually, before I go into the yeah. story. One thing I learned when I went to get uh, on the track man, not to like drop track man twice on this episode, but like <laughs> we're doing like a lesson series with uh, Jake Thurm, PJ tour instructor, and he wanted me to get some numbers. So I went to urban golf performance. I got some numbers and I, I had uh, Kevin, their master club fitter, who's this awesome guy uh, was taking me through the session. And I was so amazed this is going to sound so obvious, but it really took me back. He wouldn't let me start hitting until I did roughly 10 minutes of warm up with him. So I held my arms out. He's making me do these like moves where I, I have to like turn my body and move the club behind my back, put it up straight, do it both ways. Uh, he had me doing all these moves that seem silly, like you know, you see these guys like these crazy stretches on the driving range and it feels like more of like an old man thing to do. Um, and then he had me hit probably like 30 warm up shots before we started like actually recording what I was hitting. And the shots I was hitting at the beginning versus the shot I was hitting in my session night and day. And it reminded wow. me, oh shit, the shot I normally play my best around hole 14. And that's because a lot of times I play 6 a.m. rounds so I can get back, have my day. I'm driving probably 40 minutes in the car. My body had just woken up and I get thrown on the first tee. A lot of times the range aren't even, aren't even open yet. Yeah, and that's a tough scenario. So I think number one, like maybe it's hard to commit and rip at the ball in early rounds because your body just isn't warm. Like get hundred percent, get the blood flowing a little bit. I'll take it a step further for you. You're a hundred percent right. I mean, that's a terrible situation to be in, right? Especially in the first hole. Like, yeah. I had a six forty a.m. round a couple of weeks ago, and I got to even hit balls before because I need you know at the range. I got to get there. I get the ball, but still, but still, after hitting twenty five balls, I'm still feeling a little. You know, it's early. 
you know, I'm still feeling a little weird, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't practice like I used to. First hole, par five, three wood off the tee because it's a tight, it's a tight drive, dog leg left. I have, you have to really rip a beautiful drive on the first hole to be in a good spot. I'm like three wood. Second hole, four, 10, par four, water right, three wood. I know, I said, these first two holes, I don't know what I got today. It's early. I feel, and the guy in the tee box, I probably goes, you're going to hit, he goes, no driver today? I said, I said, give it time. Yeah. <laughs> I said, give it time, you know, because I'm okay, you know, because like you got to see what you got today in those early morning conditions, especially. So, you know, I felt I'm okay with par in the first two holes. And I actually had birdie chances again, because I, but I felt good about what I was doing because of the unpredictability of the moment. And I think that's what you've got to start doing, Ev. If you're saying you're a slow starter, you've got to devise that plan before the round, you know, whatever it is. This is a perfect, God, I'm so glad we're talking about this. Cause like, (laughs) so what did we just do? We used awareness to see a tendency, right? So I'm not just blindly playing golf and saying, oh, I shot high eighties and I'm pissed, right? Well, what did I do? Right. Did I start slow? Did I carry too many swing thoughts into the round? Was I fighting a two-way, like what was actually happening? And yeah, that is a theme. I always get a little sad when the round is over because I'm finally starting to feel, find my groove. And I remember pros, like uh, when I worked with TaylorMade and I was on the tee filming Justin Rose, I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, I take a minimum like two and a half, like two hour warm up. Like I have a workout, I'm stretching, I'm hitting balls, like. Those guys' blood are flowing doing, by the time they tee like off. Do full short game, you know, pitching bunker. And these guys are the best in the world, it. and they're doing that. Right. So right. I think, you know, going back to, like, why can't I rip at it? And it's tough, right? Like, Joe Parent didn't want to use aggressive. He wanted to use right. the term committed um, last week. But – I think assertive is a good word too. Yeah. Like I noticed this on a par three. Uh, I had a seven iron and I'm like, I kind of stood over the ball and I'm realizing I haven't really, the, the swings I've had today are not like the swings I use on the range. They weren't like the swings I used in yeah. Trackman session because hitting in a screen or a range with no consequences is different. But why can't I take that same swing? I didn't forget. Like, what am I actually scared of? What am I holding on to? What am I going to pull it? Okay. I pull it. So I get up and I try and get up and down. I block it. Okay. I try and get up and down. Like, what's going to happen is going to happen. And that's why the belt buckle feel is good for me. Because that, that process feel focus helps me go at it. It gets my body into it. Um, where I get in trouble is if I'm not, my body doesn't feel warm. I feel like I can't really go at it. And then the arms get stuck or do something weird. And I have weird misses. So right. that shot over that hole, that par three, I just ripped my seven iron, like baby yeah. draw, piercing flight right on the front edge of the green had like an eight foot putt for birdie. And oh, I realized in that moment, oh yeah, like. I can rip it in, in play, in the rounds, instead of waiting all day to feel comfortable to do that. And that's mental. Totally. Right. And that can be with, it can be any kind of shot with any kind of club. 
right? But you have to devise that plan. And I would encourage players, guys that are listening, you know, when you're going to the course and you've played that course before, you got that early tee time, think about what you want to do on those first couple swings. What does it want to feel like? You know, you know, you want to be, we want to, we want to have a nice start, you know, but think about, you know, maybe it's, you know, there's, there's another way to play that first hole when it's early and you haven't warmed up. Just feel good, but feel good and committed to that. I, I think that's, uh, we, when we start our rounds off, you know, just ease yourself in. It's going to get, it, a lot of times it gets better, but we start off shaky or, you know, we don't know who we are today. It gets bad. <laughs> I also totally. And I would also urge people, maybe we don't have to put as much pressure on the start. Cause I don't know about you, Matt. I've hit some pretty shitty first tee shots and scored really well. I've hit some oh, yeah. pretty amazing first tee shots and scored badly. Like yeah. the first hole is worth the same as the 17th hole and the eighth. Yeah, whatever happens. Yeah, whatever happens, happens. I mean, yeah. you have a bad first hole where you got 17 more holes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, yeah. So right. It's it don't put all this pressure on your, you know, the first hole is the first hole. But but if you have a just have a plan and make it, make it easy on yourself, you know? So no, I think it's, I think it's huge. Well, I'll close it out with this term. I think uh, not enough people have a plan and look, a plan sounds kind of cumbersome and, you know, like a lot. And I really think that all that means is have one thing you're focused on that day, whether that means, you know, a feel thought that you have, like, you know, tall turn sit with you or with me with my turn or through the ball or, you know, uh, how you're going to respond to things, treating things as information instead of getting down on yourself, whatever that thought is for you. Hopefully you could pull one thing from this episode and say, all right, next time I play, I'm going to take this. Every hole, I'm going to focus on this. I, maybe it's visualization. Maybe it's uh, yeah. um, talking it out, right? Vocalizing. Uh, vocalizing, yeah. yeah. But pick one thing and really focus on that. And maybe it's hitting the middle of every green, right? And just have right. your plan that day. And I guarantee you, it's going to be, you're going to probably enjoy the ride. And I bet you your results are probably going to be better because at least you feel like, you got something that you're going with yeah. versus this, like, I don't know what I have that day. Yeah. That was embarrassing. Oh, there I go again. Yeah, it, it keeps your, it keeps your mind in the right place. Right. Yeah. And you're not, you're, you're less, you're, you're pulled a little more away from the results because you're like tempo center of the green. I'm going to vocal. I'm going to vocalize in every shot. Yep. And it feels good when you do it. Right. I mean, there's nothing like it. There's nothing better than visualizing, vocalizing, seeing it, hitting it, or not hitting it, but staying present and staying okay with it, and then yeah. making a great recovery shot and keeping your round going. That little, that little smirk before your shot, that uh, is enjoying the ride. Love it. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening, as always. Um, definitely give us a subscribe on iTunes and spotify wherever you listen it really helps us out give us a review if, if we've helped you at all um we ask yeah, that you take feedback. 30 seconds give us a review um because that really helps us out 
share it with a friend, follow us at the part train on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, wherever you, you like it. Yeah. And if you got questions or you want to challenge us on some of the things we're talking about, tweet us, right? You know, write us an email, send us a DM. Like we, we love the conversation guys. And we appreciate you always tuning in. Yep. And yeah, if you want to send us an email, we're the par train at gmail.com. We've never really shared that. It's on our website. Um, yep. But we're thinking we, you know, we do the mental game roundtables and we do the things. I, th- I think it'd be interesting to have, you know, different roundtables and different things where people come and bring questions and their unique situations and we talk it through. And I think a lot of people would enjoy that. So, yeah. Thanks as always for listening, guys. And no matter how you hit it, next time you play, what do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. See you guys.